Well, good morning. Happy Wednesday, everyone. So glad that you're here with me on this, again, sunny morning. And uh, today is Wednesday, February 3rd, I'm sorry, March 3rd. And um, just good to be together in God's Word. And actually, today is our final devotion on the book of Colossians, the very last one. And actually, it brings great joy to me and hopefully to you to actually study an entire book of the Bible from start to finish. And we are definitely doing it to the finish, aren't we? Here, as I've done four devotions on this last section on the final greetings of Paul, in which we were looking at the different people that have encouraged him in his ministry, and then uh, taken that as an example of being an encouragement to one another. Yesterday, of course, we looked at Epaphras, who was the church planter, as we understand it, in, um, in Colossae. And now we have four more names that I'm going to cover here at the very end uh, from verses 14 through 18. So let me just read those, and then we'll talk about each one. <clears throat> Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. So we have four people, four names, Luke, Demas, Nympha, and the brothers at Laodicea, and then Archippus. Uh, four individuals that have been an encouragement to Paul. And I trust that you have people that are speaking into your life and encouraging you in the Lord as well. Well, just even as we're doing here and um, encouraging one another. Let's start with Luke here. Luke is, he says, his dear friend, his, in some versions say, beloved friend. And so right from the start, you are reminded again that Paul is talking about these people that are encouraging him. And so Luke clearly was a good friend and a companion. And yes, this is the Luke that wrote the third gospel and wrote the book of Acts. And it was during Paul's travels, most of which Luke attended him on with them on that they became friends and both of those books by the way uh, Luke and Acts uh, were written to Luke's friend Theophilus and what I'd like to do is just read the first few verses of each of those two books just to remind you of the connection there so if you look at the third gospel the gospel of Luke these are the first words that Luke wrote Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Couple of couple of things to notice there. First of all, as I mentioned, he's writing to his friend Theophilus uh, as kind of the excuse to write this book. And we don't know who Theophilus is, 
but it was Luke's friend, clearly. And then secondly, just notice how eloquent and how educated these words are. And as you know, Paul's words were eloquent and educated as well. And so clearly these two guys probably got along and were both very, very smart. Then take a look at the beginning of the book of Acts, which Luke also wrote. So you need to know that the book of Acts was written by Luke, the same person who wrote the Gospel of Luke. And then, of course, you can see this in the first uh, couple of verses. In Acts chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In my former book, Theophilus... Now, what would be the former book? Well, the former book is the book of Luke, right, that he wrote, clearly. Um, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. You know what? I was reading that this morning or the other day, yesterday when I was preparing, and I thought I should have used that verse in my first sermon on the resurrection, right? Because I was talking about the eyewitnesses and etc. And so, uh, shucks, I forgot to use that verse because that's another great uh, verse there. But take note, once again, he's writing to Theophilus, his friend, uh, and then also his words are eloquent and educated. And so we're going to say this morning, I'm going to say that, that Luke was the articulate historian, <laughs> the articulate historian. Um, and of course, he was the great eyewitness, one of the great eyewitnesses to the travels of Paul all through the book of Acts. And so uh, he knew what he was talking about. And then, yes, of course, Luke was a doctor, as we see here in this verse. And this is where we no, this is how we know that Luke was a doctor, besides the fact that his words were educated. But here in Colossians 4.14, when he says, Our dear friend Luke, the doctor. So, uh, th that's just a little background on Luke. And then secondly, Paul mentions uh, Demas. Uh, Paul doesn't say much about Demas here, does he? He just says, says that Demas sends his greetings, that's all. He doesn't give any other background here about Demas. We presume he was you know, one of Paul's co-workers, as or all of these people. Uh, and in the book of Philemon, which of course only has one chapter, so we say Philemon verse 24, it also mentions Demas as a co-worker of Paul. So that's the second time that Demas is mentioned. And then Demas is mentioned one other time, unfortunately, in 2 Timothy. You know, uh, it's not always peaches and cream for all these people, and this shows the humanness. If you turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9, we see Demas being mentioned one more time, and not in a good way. 2 Timothy 4, 9 says, Paul is writing to Timothy, obviously, and he says, Do your best to come to me, Timothy, quickly, for Demas, because he's because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. And so that's a bad, that's a bad report, right? That Demas, who had been a co-worker of Paul's, who had been a friend, who had been an encouragement to Paul, now fell prey to something in the world. He fell in love with the world, uh, Paul says there. Now, we don't know what that means. Uh, trapped in some fleshly sins of some kind, 
whether it's money, whether it's possessions, whether it's illicit sex, we don't know. Um, and, uh, and we don't know the end of his, of, of his journey with God either. Maybe he was for a time carnal Christian, um, but then repented and came back walking with the Lord, walking in the light again. Um, we don't know. Uh, or maybe um, the end of his life proved that he never was a believer to begin with, a true believer to begin with. We don't know. All we know is that he seemed to start well, but then didn't continue well, and he deserted Paul and the work of Christ. It's a lesson for all of us. Come on. It's a lesson for all of us um, how, how easily it can be sometimes to get caught up in the love of things in this world. First uh, John, let's read First John about that, of course. Verses, chapter 2, verses 15 and 16 say, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. So it's a lesson for all of us. Let's continue to ask God to give us strength to stay true to Him and not fall in love with our money, not fall in love with our possessions, not fall in love with uh, illicit sexuality, all of these things that tempt us away from God. Well, back to our verse. In Colossians 4, there's another name. The next name is Nympha. Uh, it says in verse 15, Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. This is the only verse in the Bible where this particular person is mentioned. There's no other place in the Bible where Nympha is mentioned. But uh, here's what Paul says about her. She opened her home to a house church. Praise God. I mean, so many people in this world won't even invite anyone over to their house, or very few people over to their house, and here Nympha is willing to open her home for church. So that means at least once a week, probably in their time, it was much more than once a week, two, three times a week at least, as they met, as they broke bread together, etc. cetera. Uh, and so uh, good for her, good for her. And um, verse 15, I think all goes together. I think that the brothers at Laodicea and Nympha go together. I think this is talking basically about that church who meets that which meets in Laodicea. Remember, I mentioned before that this was a tri-cities area. Colossae was one city, Laodicea, and then Hierapolis, and that actually Epaphras probably pastored some groups in all in each of the cities, maybe one church in each city. Well, we don't know for sure, but this certainly indicates that there was a church, a house church in Laodicea, and Nympha had opened her home to it. And, uh, uh, and so we're very thankful. So I'm calling Nympha the great hostess, <laughs> the great hostess, and maybe that's your calling and your gift that you need to, uh, that you need to utilize and, and uh, practice more often because God has given you the gift of hospitality and uh, and, it's, and that's what God is calling you to do. Before I get to the last name, let me look at verse 16 and just read it. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Now, two comments here. One is, 
Remember that when these letters by the apostles were written and then sent to the churches, they didn't just get read once. They were circulated around actually to the various churches and churches would seek out these letters and want to read them from the apostles because they knew that as they read the letters from the apostles that they were reading uh, great, great truths of God because these apostles had spent time with Jesus. Uh, and so there was a growing sense over time that these letters were turning into Scripture or were becoming the Scripture of the Christian church. And so uh, Paul even encourages this here, and he says, well, after you're done reading your letter, send it down to the Laodicean church and let them read it. And, second comment, apparently there was a letter that Paul wrote to the Laodiceans. Now, we don't have that letter in existence today. Uh, we don't have that letter in our in our Bible. Uh, and that's okay. Uh, there are other uh, places in the New Testament that we learn of writings that, aren't, that didn't end up in the Bible. And my firm belief is that if it didn't end up in the Bible, then God did not intend it for, for it to be there. For whatever reason, we don't know. We'll learn one day, perhaps in glory. But it's not to worry. To think, for instance, that there was this letter that we don't have and there was a mistake made by somebody or made by God or something. No, 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 no. God put exactly what He wanted to in this miracle book, the Bible. And so the canon of Scripture that we have here is what God intended. I truly believe it. So let's not worry about that. Now, one more name, Archippus. Archippus, and this is verse 17. Tell Archippus, see to it, that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. This is an exhortation to this man. Uh, again, we don't have any other comment about him uh, in the Bible. This is the only verse in the Bible that mentions his name. And um, uh, so two comments here. We all need a push from time to time, don't we? Uh, we all need a little bit of encouragement. And that's what Paul's doing here. Uh, this is real life, okay? It's not always peaches and cream. Paul knew that this man needed a little bit of exhortation, so here it is. Hey, uh, my brother, uh, get to work. Complete what you know was your assignment from the Lord. Which then is my second comment that I really like about this verse, that, that God gives us assignments, that the work that we have each day to do uh, comes from the Lord. Uh, and so Archippus had an assignment. I don't know what it was. Uh, we don't know what it was, but we all have assignments, and we, we need to look at all of these things that God has given to us to do, whether it's our family, whether it's our occupation, whether it's our children, uh, whether it's our, our ministries at church. Those are all assignments given to us by the Lord, and the way that helps us, of course, is to remember that um, the Lord has expectations on these things, and as we fulfill them, we feel great joy that we're doing what God has called us to do. And so Archippus is the worker who needed a little push, as we all do sometimes. So here are these four names, Luke, Demas, Nympha, Archippus. Luke was the articulate historian. Demas was the man who started well but didn't continue well. Nympha was the great hostess, and Archippus was the worker who needed a little push. You know, we all fall in there somewhere, right? And I'm not sure what it is for you today, um, but maybe one of these can be an encouragement to you. And so let's ask God for strength today uh, to serve Him well uh, and to avoid the pitfalls of this world. 
Overall, I want to thank you for going through the entire book of Colossians with me. Good for you and good for us for studying God's Word, even to the very end. Um, and so I feel great joy in having done this together with you. Starting tomorrow, I am going to go through a new series about wisdom and seeking wisdom and having wisdom and what wisdom is. And I think I have between 30 and 40 devotions that I'm going to uh, eventually get to. Um, and, uh, and I hope that you come along with me. I'm going to call the series Wise and Otherwise. And uh, we're going to look at what the Bible says about being a wise person in the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word, which you have given to us. Your word is a miracle book, God. It has been, come, it has been brought down through the ages miraculously. And we thank you for that because you are the miracle-working God. And as we study the book, it unveils who you are. And the more we know about you, God, the more we find your deep and lasting joy. I pray for all my friends and church family members today, dear Heavenly Father, and ask that you would bring great joy into their lives as they serve you and see that all of their work is actually from you. Uh, dear, dear Lord, bless us in this way, I pray today in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you all. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. It's going to be a beautiful day. Talk to you tomorrow.